you have your Bibles with you today, uh, you can open them up first. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28 and, uh, and Acts chapter 2. We'll actually hit a few other scriptures here today, but we will start in Matthew 28 and Acts chapter 2. While you're turning there, I want to say hello to our online community. Whether you're watching this live on Sunday morning or you're catching up later uh, in the week, thank you so much for being a part of our community. Uh, we want you to know that you matter. You are a part of this community and are grateful for the technology that allows you to participate in some form. Uh, but we, we love you so much. We know there's reasons and seasons to be online, uh, but grateful that you're tuning in. Anyway, special shout out to all of the lake people. Uh, go Going to the lake on the weekends, enjoying the warm weather, uh, have a blast, uh, go water skiing for us if you can. Um, also, those of you that are serving in kids right now, what just happened? <laughs> AC is on, so a uh, little distracting, but it'll cool down in here for you. Don't worry about it. Uh, that had to be just right there, huh? Those of you that are serving in Anchor Kids and catch us up later, thank you for being leaders, for serving, for being priests to our kids, and uh, thanks for uh, tuning in later in the week. We love you. Uh, special shout out this week to the Gurneys who uh, are recovering from uh, baby Bo being born. Hopefully you're sleeping right now and not watching and you're watching this later, uh, but so excited for you guys bringing baby Bo into the world. And uh, Purdoms, we uh, say hello to you. I know many of you in the church have been praying. Uh, little Pate uh, has been fighting Hodgkin's lymphoma and this week got his last uh, dose of chemotherapy. And uh, we are still praying as uh, that's still impacting him and his health for these next couple of weeks. Uh, but the chemo is done. Pate, you're a champ. So proud of uh, your whole family, Purdoms. And uh, so excited for the day that we get you back in the building and get to hug you. And, uh, but love you guys. Thanks for being so faithful through the season and so proud of how you've handled such a challenging season as a family. Uh, we love you guys so much. Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to start today. And uh, this is... Uh, the very end of Jesus' time here on this earth. Uh, these are some of the very last words that he speaks to his disciples, to his followers. He kind of gives them some final directions before he ascends into heaven. Um, if you are familiar with scripture, if you have been raised in the church, you've likely heard this. Uh, we, we, we have given this portion of scripture a title. It's called the Great, anybody? Commission. Some of you know this. The rest of you, now you do. It's the Great Commission, the final charge from Jesus. And he says this near the end of his time with his disciples, uh, Matthew 28, starting in verse 19. He says, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So he says to his followers, you have been my disciples. You have followed me. You have learned from me. Now what I want you to do from here is I want you to spend your lives making more disciples, more people who will follow me. And he gives kind of two directives on making disciples. He says, uh, I want you to teach them everything that I've commanded you, and I want you to baptize them. So baptizing and then extensive teaching are forms of making disciples. We're going to jump over to Acts chapter 2 now. And this is now the first time that we have recorded 
uh, post this great commission where the disciples and Peter specifically stands up and does exactly that, preaches the gospel, introduces to people to Jesus. We see 3,000 people put their faith in Jesus on this day where, where Peter preaches. So he presents the gospel to the, these, the, this audience, and we see at the end of presenting the gospel, uh, the audience is asking the disciples, uh, well, what do we do about this good news? What do we do about this information? So we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 37. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? How do we respond to this good news? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So they now carry this same message. What do we do? We are to repent. Repent simply means to, to turn, to turn from living for yourself and turn to God. So he says that you need to, now that you've heard this news, you stop living for yourself, you repent, you turn, and now you live for God. And he says that you need to be baptized. And it, he gives who qualifies or who is supposed to get baptized. He says each of you, every one of you, is to hear the good news, turn to Jesus, and be baptized. The baptism is a, a commission for every person who decides to put their faith in Jesus. Today we are taking a, a, a brief break from our He is Worthy series. We're going to jump back into it next week and conclude it in the next few weeks. But today we're going to take a really simple, practical, topical teaching on baptism. Uh, we're, we're just going to talk about what it means if we put our faith in Jesus, this element of baptism and the value that it holds in our relationship with him. Now, some of you have been followers of Jesus for a while. You've already been baptized. I want to tell you, uh, don't check out because you've already accomplished this part of your uh, journey of following Jesus. For one, well, we want to say this over and over again. This church, Anchor Church, we are not consumers. We don't just show up for how this meets my needs. We are a part of a body. And there are young believers, there are new believers, there are those that are still exploring and asking questions and have not yet put their faith in Jesus. And we are not here just to satisfy ourselves. We are here to grow together as a body. So there's some people in this room that are watching online that this content is super important because they've never even heard this before and they are new in their faith journey and we're going to celebrate that. Uh, also for some of you, th this is information that's helpful for you to learn so that you can communicate it as well. Some of you as parents need to know how to talk about baptism to your children. So this is not an opportunity to check out. For some of you, this is also a time to remember, to rehearse and recall the gospel and to rehearse and recall that amazing day where you publicly displayed your commitment towards Jesus. You ever like been to a wedding, those of you that are married, and, and it's enjoyable to, to see and celebrate someone else, but there's also this moment where you're also remembering the commitment that you've made. There's something special as you're sitting there next to your spouse and you, you recall the commitment, the vows that you have made to each other. I think today could be a beautiful day for you as well to remember, rehearse, recall the vows and the commitment that you have made uh, to your Jesus. Um, I also want to say, before we jump into this content, we're teaching on baptism today because in three weeks from today, August 1st, we're going to have Anchor Church's first ever Baptism Sunday. Uh, it's going to be the best. It's going to be the best. Uh, we, we're going to figure out all the details, how we're going to do it, but we, uh, we're going to see the, for the first time uh, us taking a whole Sunday to celebrate those going public with their faith in Jesus. And so we're going to talk about it today, and then in three weeks, we're going to celebrate baptisms uh, as a church. Would you bow your heads with me? We're going to pray and jump into this topical teaching on baptism. Lord, we love you. We thank you 
for the privilege that it is to, to identify with you in any form or any fashion. We have uh, so much in and of ourselves that is deficient, so much that is undeserving, but we thank you that your grace is so much greater than our sin. Your grace is so much greater than our deficiencies. Your grace is so much greater than our doubts and our fears and our inconsistencies. And Lord, I thank you for the privilege of identifying with you. God, I thank you for the privilege of uh, one of those forms of identifying with you being baptism. And uh, Lord, we just pray that today as we look into scripture and as we consider this opportunity that we have, Lord, that we would uh, not just learn intellectually, um, but Lord, we would do what your word does, and it would speak to us at the soul level. God, that uh, we'd be open and receptive to how you want to speak, how you want to challenge, how you want to grow, uh, how you want to encourage us today. We love you. In your name we gather. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, as humanity, we, uh, in some form or fashion, we like to, to show or display that which we stand for or we identify with. This can look in various forms. This last year we saw it in the political spectrum a lot. Uh, some people made it very clear who or what they stood for, what policies were theirs, what side they were on. Some people uh, kept it a little bit more reserved, didn't really want people to know, weren't real comfortable, and, and it wasn't on display. But some people are so committed to, to whether it's politics or anything else that uh, I'm willing to make it public on display regardless of what someone else might think about me. We, we find this in, in various forms and not just political. We find this often in sports, that there's people even here today wearing certain sports teams on your hat or on your shirt that you identify with these teams and you put it on display. Uh, some of you have been uh, guilty as I have of going as far like you're even watching a sports game and you, you use the term we as you're watching like, we just scored a touchdown. We just won the championship. We did nothing. Uh, we sat on the couch with a bag of Doritos, and they did it. But we find ourselves identifying it, it, it is us. And because we sat there and we're wearing the team colors, it is a we. We find ourselves identifying in, in various forms. Uh, and, and sometimes it's in the way that we, we dress, our clothes. Um, anybody uh, remember these guys? <laughs> the old Letterman's jacket. I don't see these around very much anymore. I don't know what the deal is with that. Uh, I'm going to get it on here in a sec. There we go. The Letterman's jacket. This was like you had to have one of these in high school. And uh, what I loved about the Letterman, by the way, where's my uh, VCS alumni? I know there's plenty of you in here. Uh, love it. Uh, Neil, do you still have your jacket? You don't. You never know when it's going to be a sermon illustration. You got to you got to keep it somewhere. You regifted someone's, someone has Neil on their coat right now. That's all right. Uh, when we were in high school, like these, these meant so much because it was like who you belong to. And it was so great. Like when you went to the mall and you saw someone in a letterman's jacket, like it was communicating something to you without ever talking to them. You didn't have to exchange a lot of information because it was clear on the outside who they belonged to, who they identified with. You could see what sports they played or what interests they had. And the letterman's jacket was something that you put on, not just because of the way that it looked or for the warmth. You put it on because you are communicating communicating something without having to say anything. And you could read information about somebody else or you would allow people to read information about you simply by what you put on. It was identifying factor that you would walk around with. Uh, I say we make a campaign to bring the Letterman jacket back. 
before the jacket was letter sweaters. Who in here is, maybe you don't want to identify yourself, but uh, if you feel confident raising your hand, you're old enough for a letter sweater. Uh, you guys are the true legends. I see that hand slowly waving down here. It's a way that you can identify with. In a public setting, this is, this is who I belong to. This is my community. This is my tribe. I want to say in a very similar way, that is what baptism is. Baptism is a way of communicating without even having to say anything who you identify with, where you belong, what, what community you are a part of. That baptism is putting on that jacket saying this is, this is whether, uh, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with me or not, I'm willing to just publicly declare this is where my identity lies. I want to start uh, today, and again, this is going to be very practical. We're just going to answer some simple questions about baptism. The first question I want to ask is simply, what is baptism? And I want to give you three answers for you note takers. We're going to have three points answering the question, what is baptism? Uh, you can write this down. Number one, baptism is the immersion in water with the purpose of identifying with Jesus. Baptism is the immersion in water with the purpose of identifying with Jesus. The purpose is important because without that purpose behind it, it is actually pretty odd behavior to, in your street clothes, in front of other people, get wet. Like, it's just like, we don't do this. That's odd behavior if there isn't a purpose. The purpose of baptism, the, ba the purpose of immersion, is you making a, t a choice to identify with Jesus. It is a public confession that you are now fully the property of Jesus which is important to make clear that if and when you get baptized, uh, you're not getting baptized into this church. You're not getting baptized into a, a, a religion. You're getting baptized into identity with Jesus, that, that it is who you are identifying with. You are going public as identifying that you are with him, which if we just pause for a moment, this is an amazing gospel, an amazing grace right there. We do not deserve to be able to say, I'm with him. Like, talk about, you know, feeling like you, you married up or you're in a relationship with someone greater than you. This is Jesus. And we have the ability to say, I identify with him. Who he is is now who I am. This is an amazing grace that we could take the act of baptism that says we, we could take the act of our united. We are together that I am with him. We uh, do see in, in that, that, that sentence, point number one, we use the word immersion, immersion being fully submerged. We believe that the baptism, uh, when it's possible, is, is submersion because that's the most common biblical example we get, which brings other questions like, well, what about sprinkling? What about dabbing a cross? What if like you go to baptize someone and their toe comes up out of the water and they weren't fully 100% under? Did it work? Do you need to do a redo? A redo's options. Uh, I just want to say this up front. Uh, baptism is not just about did 100% get underwater. It really is the, the commitment that's being made at an internal level. That it's, it's not about 100%. I don't think there's anything harmful about sprinkling, anything harmful about dabbing, anything harmful about the water's not deep enough to get fully under, because it is the commitment that is being made. And in fact, in some settings, it wouldn't make sense to fully submerge someone. If someone is, you know, is ill, is, is sick, is uh, in a hospital bed, and they want to get baptized at the end of the, like, it, it would, it would not make sense to fully submerge them. I want to say that's, that's okay. I think it'd be like if we continue down the, the, the analogy of, of marriage and, and the, that wedding ceremony, I don't think anyone would, would uh, 
say, hey, because uh, you had these vows written out, and when you gave these vows, you skipped this one line, you just didn't see it, you missed the line, and uh, we went and reviewed the tape, and because you messed up a little bit on the vows, the marriage didn't take. I know it's three years later, and you thought you'd been married this whole time, but it's no good. That, that's crazy. It was the heart of the commitment that was on display, and there was a way to express that commitment being made. And it's not about was it done perfectly. It was, was what was the heart, what was the expression happening behind this. So if there is sprinkling, if it's not fully immersed, I, I think it is okay, because it's all about the heart that's going on. But we do think when it is appropriate and available, Immersion's what we see. Even Jesus himself, we'll look at his story in a minute, was, was immersed in water. So we would like to follow that example. So baptism is the immersion in water with the purpose of identifying with Jesus. Romans chapter 6 uh, is where we're going to look at our, our second point of what is baptism. It says this in verse 1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined in Christ Jesus in with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. So Paul here in Romans, he portrays the union of a believer with Jesus in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And he says baptism is significant of it is the burial of the old you, and you come to new life through baptism. So baptism is equated to burial. So point number two, for those of you taking notes, baptism is the funeral for the old you. What is baptism? It is, it is immersion in water by identifying with the purpose of identifying with Jesus, and it is the funeral of the old you. That when you put faith in Jesus, it's made very clear in Scripture that the old is gone, the new has come, that you have new life in Jesus, that the old you has died, has passed away, but baptism is where we get to have a funeral for the old you. I think far too often people put their faith in Jesus, the old is dead, yet we still keep dragging around that old corpse with us everywhere we go, and it's slowing us down, it's hindering us. There is something beautiful about saying, the old me, it's not just dead, but I'm putting it into the ground, I'm putting it into the grave, and I'm moving on in just the new me that, that is identifying in the resurrection of Jesus. That baptism is such a beautiful way to recall who I was before the grace of Jesus. And putting that to death and saying, it is buried, it is no longer my identity. I am a new creation. I'm not walking around in who I used to be anymore. Baptism is a funeral for the old you. Number three we're going to look at today is baptism is an outward symbol of an inward commitment. Number three, baptism is an outward symbol of an inward commitment. As we've already talked about with the letterman's jackets and, and bumper stickers or, or team memorabilia, that we can have these external factors that show who we identify with. But more than just identity, baptism is about commitment. That absolutely it is baptism is with the intention of identifying with Jesus, but it is also an outward symbol of not just our identity, but our commitment. I think my favorite uh, analogy of baptism when it comes to commitment, not just identity, is, is the wedding ring. Uh, this wedding ring is super valuable in my marriage. And those of you that are married, it's a valuable component of, of your, your marriage. This wedding ring doesn't make one married, but it is making a consistent outward statement to anybody and everybody of a commitment that you've made. 
without having to say it, this wedding ring says, I I've made a decision. That uh, I'm not on the market. I'm not shopping around. I have made a commitment, a vow, that I'm not going to let anything else take, take that commitment away from me. That I have decided, and I'm going to let anyone and everyone know that that decision has been made. I want to tell you that baptism is very much the same thing. It doesn't mean that there's not room for growth, that there's maturing that needs to happen. It's saying, you know what, I'm at this place right now where I've, I, I've fallen in love with the gospel of Jesus, it's captivated me, I've made this decision to follow him, and now I'm not just gonna have that private commitment, I'm gonna go public with it. That when you get baptized in a public setting, it is saying no matter who sees this, I have made a decision. I am committed, I'm faithful, I've got room to grow, I'm not in a place of perfection, but I have made this decision. I'm not shopping around, I'm not on the market. I'm not interested in any other candidates for my heart. I have chosen to follow Jesus, and I'm going to put this seal of that commitment on my life like the wedding ring is, is baptism. Now, I want to say it once again. I'm no less married if I'm not wearing my ring. And I'm no less married if I never wore a wedding ring. Like the vows and the commitment that was made is what makes me married. But it has great value to put this on. And in fact, it would likely mean that my marriage is unhealthy if I'm unwilling to wear the ring. If I'm unwilling to let other people know that I've been committed, that I've made a decision. And similarly, I think in our relationship with Jesus, you are no less committed to him if you don't get baptized. We don't, do not believe that baptism is what brings salvation. You're not saved because of baptism. That you can have a faithful relationship with Jesus without it. But I do think if there is an element of I'm not ready to go public with it, I don't, don't really want other people to know, I'm going to kind of keep this quiet, likely that means there's unhealthy. Relation, unhealthiness in your relationship with Jesus. That if you are faithful and you're committed and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, you put the ring on and you go and you get baptized. This is um, one of the elements of the beauty of an outward symbol of an inward commitment. I want to look at Matthew chapter 3. This is Jesus getting baptized in verse 13. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to baptize you, he said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, insinuating immersion, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Some of your translations say, this is my son who, who pleases me. He, he expresses joy and he expresses pleasure when he, the father sees Jesus come up out of the water. This is an amazing story. It's beautiful. And in fact, if this was the only teaching we had on baptism in the whole Bible, I think it would be enough because it's incredible. You see the entire Trinity show up here. Jesus is getting baptized. The Holy Spirit makes an appearance, and the Father just booms out of heaven and speaks up. Like, you see the, the, the work of the whole Trinity in this act of, of baptism. And Jesus is our model. He is our example. He's who we're choosing to follow. If Jesus did something, I want to do it. I want to follow him. And he gets baptized and said, this is proper. This should be done. What I love about this is not only does Jesus get baptized, but to consider that the Father speaks up, meaning the Father is watching. He's got his eyes on his kids. In this story specifically, he's looking at Jesus, and he has been watching and, and, and taking in everything that Jesus is doing. And then when Jesus does this public baptism, where he publicly identifies his faith and, 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 and takes this step, I love that God can't help but speak up. 
He's like that parent in the stands at a sporting event. He's like, that's my kid. That's my boy. I guess he's, he's mine. Like he's so proud of what Jesus has done. And it brings him great pleasure that Jesus would take this step as, of identifying with him. It pleases God to publicly make the statement. I think the same is still true today. That when we make a statement of saying, I, I'm with him, identify with him, I'm publicly displaying my commitment, my committed relationship with Jesus, it just, it brings pleasure and delight to God. Um, I, I'm married and I, I find my wife very attractive and on occasion other gentlemen in our community also find her attractive and let her know. Um, she, she'll get hit on in various forms, whether it's at a red light and uh, the guys in the car next to her are whistling or whatever. Um, it, this happens on occasion. And what uh, I've loved and seen develop uh, in Danny is her, her response to any moment like that is uh, she, she'll recognize that uh, some guy's giving her attention and she will give them the finger. And not that finger. She gives them the wedding ring finger. I just love it. Like, she'll just, like, turn and, like, scratch her head and make sure that thing is, like, shining, hit it in the light just right so that they could see. Or I remember, like, uh, uh, she was checking out at a grocery store, and the, the, the cashier was, was giving her some attention, and she just, like, hands the credit card over. She could have just scanned it herself. It was like, here, take this, and, like, flashes the wedding ring. And I tell you what, as a husband, when the wedding ring comes out to let someone else know she's spoken for, it's just, like, Yes, like she's not ashamed of me. Like she's letting other people know she's taken. Like it's just like there's nothing better at, for as a husband as of, like flashing the ring finger. Like it's just the best. She, she's, she's letting anyone and everyone know I'm not interested. I'm taken. I'm spoken for. This is just the best. And I love this is the heart of God when you get baptized. You are flashing the ring to the devil saying, uh-uh, I'm not interested anymore. I'm not shopping around. I'm taken. I'm spoken for. I'm not looking to be uh, tempted in any other fashion. Like, it is the most amazing thing when you can recall and remember, no, my baptism is my wedding ring. It is me saying when any future temptation comes my way, when the enemy's trying to get back at me, no, 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 no. I, I, I've got an outward symbol of an inward commitment. I'm, it's here to remind me, and it's here to remind you of the faithfulness that I intend to have towards my God. And I love that every time God just speaks up, he's like, that is my son, that is my daughter. I'm so proud that they are willing to identify me, with me in a public way. So what is baptism? It's the immersion in water with the purpose of identifying with Jesus. It's the funeral for the old you, and it's an outward symbol of an inward commitment. I want to approach the question now of when should I get baptized? Is there like a certain time frame after following Jesus? Is there a certain age where it's okay? Like, is there any classes I need to pass before I'm eligible? Like, uh, when should I get baptized? I want to tell you in Scripture, uh, everything that we read is when you make a decision to follow Jesus, when you receive the gospel, everything indicates like right away. Usually the biblical model is like the same day or even the same hour. Oh, the gospel's amazing. I would like that in my life. They get baptized right away. Check this story out in Acts chapter 8, for example. This is a, a scripture that, that uh, Tucker talked about two weeks ago, but we're going to look at it, a different element of this. It says in verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. So this guy hears the gospel for the first time. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Am I eligible for baptism at this point? And it says in verse 38, he ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. 
he hears the gospel, he understands the goodness of Jesus for the first time and asks, is there any reason why I can't get baptized? Like, I see some water, can I go do this right now? And Philip's like, uh, yeah, let's get this done. Like, there's no reason to wait. There's another story. Uh, where Paul and Silas, uh, they, it says at about midnight in this prison where they were chained up, they were worshiping God at about the midnight hour. Through this amazing story uh, that we're going to look at in just a few weeks more extensively, but the power of God shows up. He breaks loose their chains, opens the prison doors. Instead of le escaping, they stay there. The jailer comes, and he's like, why didn't you guys leave? And they share the gospel with him, and the jailer it, uh, puts his faith in Jesus, and it says at that very hour, he and his whole household got baptized. I'm not exactly sure what at that very hour was, but they started singing at about midnight. So we're somewhere between, what, midnight, 3 a.m., and they don't even wait for the sun to come up. They're just like, can we do this right now? Middle of the night, first time hearing the gospel, they get baptized. So what we see in scripture is that there's no class, no test, no education, no observation period, no proving uh, that you can, the only prerequisite to being baptized is have you received the gospel? Uh, have you put your faith in Jesus? And if that has happened, you're eligible for baptism right away. Now, I know there are other churches, denominations that, that have certain classes and ages and structures, and I'm not here to criticize them. Uh, I think that they probably have reasons and value for that. But how we see scripture is if your faith is in Jesus and you've made that decision to receive him, you can go public with that right here, right now. I also want to make notes in this, these stories that the water or the baptizer isn't the point. For all we know, Philip baptized this guy in a mud puddle. Like, we, like, there's some water. Is that good? It's not about the holiness of the water. It's the act of baptism that is holy. It's not about who does the baptizing. John was protesting. I don't think I'm eligible to baptize you. Jesus himself, you read his ministry, he usually has his disciples do the baptizing. It's not about the person or the water. In fact, in three weeks when we fill up this tank with water and we baptize people, I hate to break it to you, it is going to be secular water. It doesn't know Jesus. It doesn't love him. And we're going to use it anyway. Because it's not about the water. It's not about the baptizer. It is the beauty of the commitment. It is the act of obedience that is holy. Uh, I, I think this, the timing issue can also bring up, what about infant baptism? Are we supposed to baptize babies? I was baptized as a baby. Is that good? What, what's, what's the deal with that uh, in, in terms of timing? Um, I want to tell you that... Um, what we see as, as the precedence in Scripture is that baptism is a decision that is you personally deciding to go public with your faith. What we see with, with children or infants in Scripture is a term that we use is, is dedication. You can see this in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Samuel himself gets dedicated. And then Jesus in Luke chapter 2, uh, he gets dedicated as a child, as an infant. And then it's not till he's 30 years old that Jesus gets baptized. So what dedication is, is not a, a baptism, because we don't think that salvation is by baptism, so it's not like have a baby, baptize them so they can get to heaven. It's about a faith in Jesus that matters. And so what we see is dedication is a parent, a guardian recognizing this child is a gift from God. This is a miracle that God has given to us and entrusted us with to raise, to care for, to nurture, to, to, to disciple, to, to, to lead this young child in life. And so what dedication is, is saying, we're going to take this child to the church, to the temple, and it is saying, God, this is a gift, and we recognize this gift, and we want to make a vow to you now, publicly, that we're going to raise this child as best as we can to know you, 
to serve you, that we're going to choose to be examples to this child of what it means to, to be followers of Jesus, to be recipients of the gospel. And when this child is old enough, that it is not just our desire to raise them this way, but when they're old enough to make the decision for themselves that they are putting their faith in Jesus, then we're going to encourage them to get baptized when it's their choice. So we see dedication of, of children, of infants, and then when it is your personal choice, then we see it transitioning to, to baptism. So I want to tell you this as well. August 1st, three weeks from today, we're going to not just have a baptism service. We're going to have a baby dedication service, a child dedication service. If you are a parent who says, you know what, my child is not at the age yet where they, they can make this decision to follow Jesus for themselves, but I want to publicly declare that I recognize this child is a gift and I want to raise this kid in a way to know Jesus, uh, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to pray over you. We're going to pray over your babies and your children. We're going to dedicate them back to God. It's going to be amazing. And uh, if your child is at an age where they can understand baptism, they can understand their decision to follow Jesus, then we trust you as parents to determine if it is a right season for them uh, to get baptized. So I want to conclude with uh, uh, this last question. Uh, what about those who have already been baptized? Maybe you, the way that you were raised or the way that your parents believed is you were baptized as a kid, as a child. Um, maybe you, you got baptized years ago. And your faith has kind of been unstable, inconsistent since then. Maybe you're back in relationship with Jesus now, but you were baptized before. Did it count? Did it count when I was a baby? Like, what should I, what should I do if I've already been baptized? Um, if I was baptized as a baby, do I need to do that again? Can I be baptized more than once? Like, can I get double forgiveness? Is this a thing? Can I get baptized every week? What's the deal with multiple baptisms? Um, here's my question I would give back to you. When you were baptized... Was it your decision to display your personal commitment to Jesus? When you got baptized, was it your decision to display your personal commitment to Jesus? If it was, I think you're good to go. I don't think it's necessary to get baptized again. If it wasn't, if it was someone else's decision, or you just didn't really know what was going on, again, I don't think you have to get baptized or you're in big trouble. Uh, I do think that there would be value in you at some point saying, no, 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 this is actually me making this decision. I wasn't just betrothed to this relationship when I was three months old. No, I choose today at this age that I'm committed in my relationship with Jesus and I'm ready to make that statement for myself. That being said, I think that uh, repeat baptisms are okay. I don't think that they are necessary, but I think there are times where it brings great value to a relationship to reestablish the commitment. Maybe you've had a rough season. Maybe you've, you've not been following Jesus. Maybe your relationship has, has had its trials, and it's time to, to come, come to a point where you say, you know what, I'm going to recommit this, this relationship with Jesus, and I'm going to go public once again. Um, maybe you've heard of renewing your vows. I actually remember my parents who are actually here today visiting from Arizona. Uh, they got two claps. Uh, my parents are here from Arizona. We can get more than that. There we go. I remember the day in Washington, D.C. was at the steps of the courthouse, Senate building, where uh, my parents renewed their vows. And they'd been married for a long time already. I don't know how long. Maybe you should come tell this story. Uh, been married for years. And then it had this moment where they publicly renewed their vows to each other. And they were already married. And, uh, but renewed their vows. And no one in the crowd was like, dumb, it worked the first time. Like, why are you doing this? Everyone was like, you know what, that's pretty incredible. That regardless of what the story is, that maybe we don't know, but there's a moment where this, 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 this couple is ready to say publicly again, no, we, we're really committed to this. 
uh, we're, we're committed to what the future has for us. Like a, we're, not, we're not going back on those vows that we made previously. It's beautiful when you see that. I want to tell you, if you've been baptized before and you're just like, oh, I kind of feel like this is really important for me to reestablish my faith in Jesus, no one's going to be sitting there booing you because it worked the first time. We're going to celebrate with you. Is it necessary? I, no, probably not. I don't know. But is it beautiful? Yeah, and are we going to celebrate that you are reestablishing faith and commitment to Jesus and we're going to rally around you? Absolutely. So it may be a season for you uh, to reestablish that. If, if you have been baptized, it was your decision. Again, I don't think that it is necessary for you to do, but repeats are A-OK. -okay. Band, if you want to join me, I'm going to try to wrap this up. I want to uh, make sure I say it with clarity once again. I believe I've said it a couple times already, um, but we do not believe that baptism is required for salvation. I think the simplest example is the thief on the cross. There's this guy who's dying next to Jesus. He has lived an immoral life, uh, has committed crimes worthy of the death sentence. And at the beginning of the day when he's on the cross next to Jesus, he's clearly not a follower of Jesus. He's joining in the mockery of Jesus. Something changes in his heart this day that he's on the cross. For these hours, he's there next to Jesus. And near the end of their time alive, he speaks to Jesus, he says, Jesus, and expresses faith in him, like, I want you to remember me when you enter your kingdom, recognizing you actually are the Son of God. And I love that Jesus doesn't look over at him and be like, oh, buddy, if only you could find a way to get those nails out of your hands, climb down, find water deep enough to dunk yourself in, climb back on that cross, nail those things back into your body, and then die. Uh, I can do something about it. I just love that he doesn't even address this. He says, you know what, I, I recognize the faith inside of you, that you believe in me as, as the Son of God. He's like, today you'll be with me. Baptism wasn't required. Now, if that dude had the chance to live many more years, I think Jesus would say, disciples should go get baptized. Like, th that would be an act of obedience. But salvation is not based on your baptism. I don't want to make that very clear. It's believing. It's faith in the gospel that's the salvation issue. But I do want to appeal to you pastorally, specifically if Anchor Church is your home and you view this leadership team as your pastors, I appeal to you to be baptized if you've not, to go public. If you believe, I, let the world know the identity, you're the commitment. Bury the old you. Have that funeral once and for all. That old you is dead and gone and you are raised alive new in Christ. I want to speak for just a moment to those of you in here today or viewing online who you don't consider yourself a believer in Jesus. You're not a Christian. You're not following him. Maybe you never have or um, you just aren't right now. I want to tell you that um, the only prerequisite to baptism is receiving the good news of Jesus. He loves you. His body was broken and his blood was poured out so you could be made whole, so that you could experience forgiveness, so you could experience life abundant, and you could experience life eternal. It's not something that you earn or you achieve through baptism or any other means. It is a free gift. The prerequisite is repent, and repent means I'm no longer living for myself. I'm going to turn and receive the forgiveness and the hope that's found in Jesus. Without that element of faith, baptism is just getting wet in front of people, and that's weird if you want to do that. But when it is a statement of your faith in Jesus, it's beautiful. It's a ceremony worth celebrating. 
Today, if you've not put your faith in Jesus, that is the first step. I want to say you don't have to say a certain prayer, follow certain words, protocols. It is inside of you recognizing I'm no longer going to try to be my own savior. Jesus, I received your forgiveness. You make that decision, your life is forever changed. I want to tell you if today is, is your day of making that decision, we, we again don't think there's a certain process you have to go through. It's faith in your heart, but we, we want to walk through this journey of following Jesus with you, answer any questions, be there with you. Um, we've got a few ways that uh, you can respond. The simplest way is we have these cards. Uh, there's some on your way out. Uh, the white side says, I've decided. It's simply a checkbox, I've decided to follow Jesus, or I've decided to get baptized, and you can put your name on it, and the simplest way to connect with you. Uh, for those of you that are watching online, or if you want to do it digitally, you can scan that QR code. If you scan that and, and hit the link, there's an I've decided button that'll be right there in front of you, and you can find the same form there. But if you decided to follow Jesus today or recently, we would love to walk with you in what it means to continually follow Jesus. So those of you who, uh, you are believers, you would consider yourself a Christian, I'll tell you, baptism is simple, but a profound and powerful act of obedience. If you've not taken this step, uh, I want to encourage you to. I want to challenge you to. I want to ask you to. I think some of you as parents, uh, you've got children. I think you really need to consider what it would mean to dedicate your children to the Lord. Some of you have kids at an age where you need to talk with them and, and see, is this time, is, are you ready for, for baptism yourself? I think that um, it's an incredible act of obedience, an incredible way as the body to come together and publicly celebrate what God's doing in your life. It's easy just to go week to week and um, not really know what's happening, what the stories of the people around us are, but to come and celebrate what God is doing through, through, through this church and in your lives. So we're going to offer you an opportunity to sign up. Here's the simplest way you can do it. If you want to get baptized or dedicate your child, you can text BAPTISM, the word BAPTISM, to 406-313-8668. Uh, you can text it again, 406-313-8668. If you text that, about five seconds later, you'll get a text in response with a link that is going to give you the whole sign-up information right there. This is for uh, baptism or dedication. Uh, and it doesn't mean you have to do it just because you sent this text. Uh, it's going to give an opportunity for you to ask questions personally. We'll, we'll get in contact with you later this week um, and, and have you uh, consider what it would look like to join in baptism or dedication um, in three weeks from now. If you're willing and able, would you stand with me? I know today, uh, again, very practical teaching on uh, the topic of baptism. I think it's such a beautiful day through communion and a message on baptism to rehearse and recall the gospel story. Not just the general story, but your story. Those of you that are followers of Jesus, recalling and remembering the beauty of his forgiveness, of his grace, that he came to you when you least deserved it. He's allowing us to identify with him. And we're going to worship and recognize once again and express once again the worthiness of our God. I would challenge you, if you are considering baptism or dedication, in these next few moments, don't just hear from me. Take a moment to be quiet. You don't even have to sing along to this first song. Just, would you just hear from the Lord? Would you ask him, God, is this something that you would have me do? Is this something that I need to have a conversation with my spouse about or my kids about? I would encourage you right now, don't just hear from me, hear from the Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you for, again, the privilege that it is to be in your presence. 
the privilege that it is to minister to you, the privilege that it is to minister to others, the privilege that it is to be in a community where we can be ministered to, where we can be fed. God, we thank you specifically for the privilege of dedication and of baptism to in a public setting with our, our, our community that loves us and is for us to say, I, I, I'm, I'm committed to Jesus. I identify with him. Or to say, we're going to raise these kids to know you, to follow you. Lord, I ask that you would just speak to us in these moments as we conclude with some time of just worshiping you. Lord, you speak to us on an individual level, not just through a preacher on a stage, but now would your spirit just speak clearly to each and every one of us. We love you and we worship you. Amen. Thank you.